Hi guys, what have you been up to? Oh, busy, busy, Tom. You know, same as everyone else. Just can't fit everything in. <laughs> Hugh, what about you? Hugh, nothing as usual. Um, working at home has its uh, has its, uh, its its difficulties, like the shocking amount of washing up that gets created <laughs> on a daily basis. Keeps me keeps me busy. I don't know what people who's got children are like, but yeah. crikey. Sometimes like eight eight tea mugs in every single washing up. <laughs> I'm definitely suffering from my my back is is getting used to sitting in a different chair. It's not a not a happy place at the moment. It's um, not a happy back. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, first world problems, Tom. Indeed, indeed. You know there are kids starving in the Sudan. So let's uh, get on with it. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. Hello. Hello. I'm Hugh Fort. I'm Rachel Nemeth. And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to episode 95 of the Real Reading Podcast. Like us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Real Reading Podcast Group to join us on Facebook. We'd love to see you there. Uh, this week, our special guest is Claire Slobodian from Explore Reading to help us navigate through the currently sticky Reading independent scene. Um, I mean, We've, we've just discussed in the in our favourite preamble, um, there is nothing going on. I know there's a few independent businesses doing bits and pieces, so we'll talk to Claire and try and uh, find out. Otherwise, if nothing else, we'll just have a lovely chat. So there's that. Um, we've also got all the usual features with Rachel's Reading History uh, and a good old-fashioned bit of Fort Explains It All, which Hugh this week is about... Nothing. Nothing. Look at his face. Unfortunately, I couldn't see his face at that point, but I'm just trying to stitch him up a little bit there. We've, we've, we've got absolutely nothing like to explain. It's headlights. <laughs> so um, we're going we're gonna to lightly uh, gloss over the fact that there is nothing to explain this week. Um, if anybody would like us to explain anything, then please email Hugh uh, and we'll, we'll get him on the task because he needs more work. Um, meantime, here's Jeremy with how you can get in touch with the show. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod, and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, it is time for Rach's Reading History. Rach's Reading History. Rach, your reading history yeah. awaits. Okay. So this week, because uh, our options of going out are fairly limited, or in fact completely limited, 
Um, one of the things we are allowed to still do currently is go out for our one piece of exercise a day, as long as we are sensible and stay away from each other. Um, so I thought I'd look at the history of two of the, the biggest parks in Reading, because that is one of the places that you are able to take your exercise. So I'm going to look at Palmer Park and Prospect Park. So Palmer Park, it, it was initially only, it was 21 acres big, and it was given to the town in 1889 by the proprietors of our old favourites, Huntley and Palmer's. I could do with a biscuit. <laughs> so could I. Love a biscuit right now. Too many tea breaks and biscuit breaks yes. working at home, isn't there? Um, but that's why uh, I've not actually been up to Palmer Park myself since I was a teenager. So apparently there is a, a statue of George Palmer of Huntley and Palmer's in the park somewhere. From the images that I googled, it looked like perhaps he was in the car park, but I'm not sure. <laughs> um, so it was then extended to 49 acres in 1891. Um, and there's a park and a pavilion d designed by William Ravenscroft. Um, and there's not a huge amount of history uh, to the park, really, other than that it was donated by Huntley and Palmer's um, uh, to, to, for public use. And then there's popular events and activities that, that are held there. I used to go to... Um, I can't remember what it was called now, but you know when you're at secondary school and you have like inter-school athletics. Yep. So if you won an event at your school, you got to go and represent the school. Um, I did that. Did you? What did you do? Discus. I was going to say. Me shot too. Yeah. I was discus too. <laughs> uh, sadly, I then I won at school and then went to Palmer Park and came last, so oh. it wasn't my finest hour. <laughs> um, but they. Apparently, they used to hold the, the car steam fair there regularly, um, but it was suspended in 2001 due to our old mate ground subsidence. So they, uh, similar to other areas of Reading, they found out that there was chalk mines underneath the park um, and having all the heavy equipment on, on the ground from the steam fair uh, ran a risk of sinkholes opening up like it did uh, in other areas. So... But they've now shored it up and they compacted it, as they call call it, which I think is just pumping concrete into the, the, the spaces, basically. And now I believe that Carter Steam Fair do or can return. Um, so facilities in the park, we've already said the stadium, which is um, athletics. Uh, it's also a velodrome. There's a library, bowling club. There's two playgrounds, which unfortunately you're not allowed to use at the moment. And a community cafe, which is that one? Was that the Ethiopian one, Tom? Did you interview somebody up there at one point? No, that's at the Forbury. And no. uh, we didn't manage no, to get Tutu oh. on yet. Tutu's is a pub. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sure oh, I do yeah, apologise. I, I do apologise. We spoke to her the um, other day. Yeah, it is, yeah. We have an article on Get Reading about it. Um, we've got the plans that we talked about a few weeks ago for the new leisure facilities and swimming pool that will be coming to a park near you in the next few years. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a, a very potted history of Palmer Park. 
Prospect Park is a little bit more um, about that one. So that's up in the western suburbs of Reading, kind of Tilehurst, South area, up near you, Tom. Oh, I know it well. Yeah, um, so it's just on on the Bath Road. Um, and it's the largest park in Reading with 120 acres. So it was originally, it was part of the Dulles Farm, which was part of the, the Calcott Estate. Okay. Um, and in the middle of the 18th century, it was home to Francis Kendrick and Benjamin Child. Uh, but after Francis's death, Benjamin, the husband, then sold most of that, the Calcott estate to John Blargrave, who I assume keep coming back to these like name of road references, don't we? Yes, yeah. Every week. If only Kendrick to Blargrave. So, yes, if only someone had picked the book up out of the office before we evacuated. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Benjamin gave most of the Calcott estate to John Blargrave, but he kept the, the eastern section, which is now known as Prospect Park. So Benjamin then built the first mansion house up on the hill, and he named the park after the views that it gave over Reading up on the hill. And so it was originally called Pros- Prospect Hill Park. Um, and then in 1797... <laughs> This is an enjoyable name. John Engelbert's Liebenrude. Oh. Uh, again, Liebenrude Road that goes up the side of the park, I believe. Uh, and his wife, Lucy Hancock, uh, became the owners of the park. How it transferred from Benjamin to the Liebenrudes, I'm not quite sure. I couldn't find that in the history, but I assume they bought it from him. Um, so Liebenrud, he had emigrated over from Germany and was living with his very, very rich merchant uncle over in Purley. And then when the uncle died, he inherited his fortune, which is when he also took on the name of Liebenrud, because that was part of the inheritance that you must, you can have my money, but you must also carry on my good name. Um, so he took on the fortune in 1795. And John Liebenrud, then he was the High Sheriff of Berkshire at some point. So he was very rich and quite a powerful man in the area. And they lived there up in the mansion house until John died in 1821 and then Lucy in 1829, when it was inherited by their son and daughter, George and Lucy, who rented it out uh, for many years, among others, to William Stevens, who was one of the the mayors of Reading at that time. And then when they died, having neither of them had any children, um, the park was then inherited by their cousin, Captain John Hancock and his wife, Elizabeth, who also had to take on the name Liebenrud in order to inherit. That's the the second Hancock involved in in the park, if I'm... If I've been listening correctly, yes, you have. That is, you've paid attention there. Well, I, I wasn't trying to. I was trying to do other things whilst you were doing this, but um, yeah, that just. Yes. Uh... <laughs> well, it seems like everybody's called John, George, Lucy, Liebenrud, or Hancock, yeah. basically, <laughs> in the whole of history of Reading. Small um, world. Yeah. So John John Hancock, or John Liebenrud, as he became, was a naval officer, and he served for 35 years, um, becoming a captain towards the end of his career. And then when they both died in the 1880s, the park passed on to their son, George. Um, He was also 
well, he was in the military. He trained at Sandhurst and he rose to the rank of major. And he lived there with his wife uh, for 14 years before then selling the park onto Reading Borough Council in 1902. And then it's been a public park ever since that. It's, uh... So currently the mansion house is a restaurant. Yes. Well, I've not been there for years. Is it a harvester or something? It's still a harvester, yes. It's still a harvester, yeah. Also haunted, apparently, isn't it? I Oh, I've no idea. I don't know. I'm sure there's a, a ghosty story associated with it. Um, a pond? A rookery? Does anyone know <laughs> what a rookery is? Um, not a rockery. No, a, a rookery. Rook, a rookery. I... A rook, it's where you, where you keep rooks, isn't it? <sighs> is, is it? What? <laughs> <laughs> Why would we, I don't know, anyway, um, some oak woodland, there's a wildlife heritage site and the Reading Society of Model Engineers with their miniature railway. Big fan that of one that. one is especially for you, Tom. I know, big fan. Dry, it, right. it requires an area where you keep birds yes, to breed. Uh, you've, you've Googled yeah. it yourself. A colony have, of yeah. breeding animals, generally birds. So like a, yeah. like a, a, a sort of a boudoir or a... <laughs> <laughs> a bird's boudoir. <laughs> a Something birdie boudoir. A birdie boudoir. <laughs> wow. Well, we've learned nothing else from Rachel's history. We now know what a rookery is. A birdie boudoir. Which uh, would yeah. be an excellent title for a podcast if. Uh, uh, for an ep- episode <laughs> of a podcast if I was still doing them that way, but no, I'm not. So there we go. Uh, if we do. Yeah. Which one is your favourite? Do you pre- yes, late like late night Hollyoaks. Which is your favourite out of the two, Prospect or Palmer? Me? Oh well, not to be honest. Neither of them are near where I live particularly, so oh, right. we don't tend to go there. But I pro- probably Prospect Park. Just be- I've probably been there more up to the um, restaurant over the years. Um, and they do seem to have stuff going on in there quite often that I think, oh, perhaps I should take Zach up to that. And they've got some festival, or maybe not now, but um, <laughs> the um, like the fake band. Yes, one. they had that up at Prospect Park last year. That was uh, yeah. We didn't go, but our neighbours did, and it was uh, yeah. By all accounts, it was very good. Yeah. So, the, and they quite often yeah. have the fairs and things up there as well. Yeah. And they do lots of. Um, uh, you know, like charity type races, like the Race for Life. I th- believe they hold a park run up there as well. Yes, they do. Um, apparently, not ever such a pleasant course because it's very hilly. Uh, no, it's just all grass. That's my problem. Yeah, with it. it's not particularly hilly at all. No, uh, but it's grassy, which you know, when you're used to running on pavements, it makes a difference. Yeah, but it's 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 good fun nonetheless, and I can walk it to is. it, which is why I like it. It is very hilly, though, because oh, the park I is always, yes, but the right the race is. When I lived when I lived in Southcourt with you, Tom, I often used to go up there on a Sunday morning to indulge or, or something I very much enjoy, which is watching Sunday league football. <laughs> and um, all the pitches are on a slope, and yes. therefore, and therefore, one team would always have a massive advantage um, in the first half, and then some <laughs> one team, poor old team, having to hack up the hill. Um, and uh, the other team would then, you know, but the ball would often go flying off down, bouncing off down the hill, and then someone would have to run after it. So it's not a great place to play football. It's a bit <laughs> puzzling. 
bit puzzling as to why there's so many pitches there, really. Well, it's big. It's a big park, you. So, okay, shall we move on? Um, shall we move on to our next bit, which is uh, we've called it "Making the Best of It." Uh, and Rach, when we had our pre-show meeting yesterday, we forgot to talk about what was making the best of it. Are we making the best of it? It's hard to know whether it's day three or day eleven. I think it's day. What day is it? Day ten. I can't Thursday. remember. Thursday. So Thursday. Oh God knows. Try it, have is it. it Thursday? Yes. Um, I guess it depends. It's a, it's a wine night. It depends so, yeah, when you. Thursday. <laughs> it depends when you started. Um, but in the meantime, to cheer things up, here's how we are making the best of it. Um, I'm not sure whether you guys have got one prepared. Um, also, we should say hello to Claire, who's just joined us on our Google Hangout. Hello, Claire. Hello, Claire. Hello. Hello. Can everyone hear me? Yes, oh, we can. We can indeed. Yeah. Um, Claire, we will bring you in on our uh, bit about uh, what's going on in Reading uh, shortly. We'll just uh, we'll just finish this a little bit off. Um, sure. So, making the best of it, I have discovered, or I was invited to a uh, classic Reading football group on Facebook, where um, there's about a thousand people who used to play football in Reading, sharing old um, cuttings and pictures from their footballing days, especially from the Reading Evening Post and the Reading Chronicle uh, and the old Goalpost publication as well, uh, which is really good. It's taken me down memory lane a little bit because I, I used to, I didn't, I wasn't involved in anything on it and I was never good enough to be featured in it, but it was just a nice reminder. Uh, and there's so many, there's so many people posting pictures. There, there's just so many on there and it's, it's, um, it's a bit, it, it's great. It's lovely. So that was my making the best of it. Um, Rach, did you have one? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's still early days, isn't it? So I'm not I'm not struggling too much yet, a week and a half in. Um, but making the best of it, um, still doing the running, although getting more and more scared to go out yes. <laughs> each time. Just when I <laughs> uh, I was running near Huntley and Palmer's down by Blakelock, and there was a lot of. Um, police presence down there and I just immediately assumed I was going to get told off for being out even though I was perfectly allowed to be out I actually changed my direction like <laughs> ran in a different way because I was scared they were going to accost me and uh, take me home or something um but we also at the weekend we uh we did a quiz over a group Skype um, with our friends, which was really good. Everybody had a few drinks, and we uh, yeah did a did a quiz night. That was a lot of fun, um, which I'm actually going to do with my parents and my brother as well because it was so good. And to be honest, in some ways, it's made me keep in contact better with people than perhaps I do ordinarily because you know I. I'm close with my parents, but I'm, you know, I text them perhaps once, twice a week, and try and see them every fortnight or something. But we're kind of doing video calls every every few days, which we've never done that. So in some ways, it's quite nice. Yeah. Hugh. Yes. Well, um, on a similar vein, um, it's not me so much, but my dear mother, who's making the best of it. She excitedly emailed me the other day saying. I've downloaded Skype, and <laughs> and and 
and now she expects to be to be Skyped. But then I spoke to her on the phone yesterday. She goes, the thing about these Skype calls is you have to arrange them in advance. It's not like ringing someone up. You have to make sure the other person's sitting there ready for you. <laughs> and it kind of defeats the point. I think... <laughs> But it's introducing the the elderly into the the modern world. Um, I'm sure she won't mind being called elderly as a, as a retired person. Um, but yeah, video video calling is is the new thing, isn't it? So yes, um, my elderly uncle, who's 74, is very keen on it. But he uses his phone, and we, each time we do it, we we get a view up his nose, and then someone has to tell him to. Oh, no. To, to tell him to um, to, to move it slightly. And it, um, we, we video, video calling is obviously is how we're doing the podcast at the moment. It doesn't do much for our sound quality, but it's the way we're doing it. And yeah, the video calling is is definitely something that um, it was. I remember when I was a kid, and people used to say, "Oh, one day you'll be able to video call," and you had these big phones that had little little video things on them, and and you could see the other person, and it seemed like so futuristic. And and now we're just doing it as a as a matter of course. Um, thanks, guys. Right, that is the end of part one. In part two, we will dive straight into our chat with Claire Slobodian from Explore Reading. The Big Interview Welcome back to part two. Claire, hello. Hello, how are you? Uh, it's not too bad, not too bad. Where I can see, uh, are you? where are you sat? You're sat in a, in a lovely um, room. In... <laughs> Thanks, it's my spare room, which has been um, at last minute converted into office for working from home. And how, how is working from home going? It's okay. Um, I'm now on my third week, full week of working from home. Yes, so me too. 14 um first week took a lot of adjustments um <laughs> but now i think it's sort of become a, a routine so i think it is just settling into that routine that took a bit longer than expected but yes. it seems to be getting there now well you've got uh, you've got the entire team uh here to to grill you um but we thought we'd, we'd just start obviously you you are um one of the you are in the know i i would say about uh what's going on in reading the independent scene in reading um, what can you tell us? Um, well, it's um, really interesting, I think, to see, you know, obviously it's a really challenging time. And um, so many of our small businesses are really um, uncertain about what the future means and, you know, what all the changes mean for them. But um, I've been really impressed um, about the innovation and the speed with which so many of our small independent businesses have changed and adapted to the current climate. Um, you know, we've got online shops popping up. We've got um, recipes being delivered over Instagram, um, and we've got you know shops that um, or cafes even that were traditionally eat-in restaurants um, that are pivoting. I've heard that word a lot. Uh, pivoting this week, <laughs> unprecedented um, <laughs> the amount of pivoting that is being yeah, done. Yeah, um, pivoting to um, uh, online shops, grocery boxes, um, sort of click and collect, I guess. Um, so I've really been impressed by the speed with which um, a lot of our small businesses have done that. Um, I think Fidget and Bulb in particular needs a bit of a shout out for, um, you know, being really clear on social media about how they've changed from being a cafe. They've at the moment got rid of all of their furniture. Um, they're telling people when you come in to collect your order, you've got to go and wash your hands straight away the minute you come in the door and then go and collect your order. Um, they're also doing bread and eggs so people can pick up their groceries while they're in there. 
um, which I think is a really nice um, idea for the community. You know, they're in Kennet Island, so they are a bit of a community cafe anyway, but um, they're really becoming a community hub at this time where people need a bit of a community. Um, how how is your how is your sort of shopping? Where where are you going? <laughs> well, um, so far I haven't really been going anywhere. I was on um, I went on holiday uh, just before this happened, which now feels <laughs> about six months ago. <laughs> um, so I um, self isolated for a couple of weeks, although I wasn't ill, just yeah. sort of to be on the safe side. So I've been getting everything delivered, um, yeah. which is another real perk of uh, all these changes. So I had a really welcome box of beer from Double Barrel Brewery. Um, which they, I don't know if they timed it like this perfectly, but it arrived at 4.30 on Friday night. So oh, <laughs> that was perfect. That's <laughs> ideal. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I had um, a cheese box from the Grumpy Goat, oh, uh, oh. which was also really good. Um, and it's, uh, I would definitely recommend that to other people. They're doing various sizes. Um, I live on my own, so I got the small one, but there's a lot of cheese in there. Um, and it's been really good for, you know, I think it's going to last me a couple of weeks. Um, lots of recipes, um, lots of really good cheese. They are also doing um, eggs and bread. So I got a loaf of sourdough bread and some beechwood eggs from them as well, which has really um, helped me get through the week. <laughs> that, uh, that I, you know what, I, I'm not sure I would be able to limit myself to a small box of cheese. I think I'd have to go, <laughs> I'd have to go big box of cheese. Well, I was I wasn't sure how much would be in the small box, so I did consider the large box. But now I've seen the size of the small one, I think it's more than enough for one person. But I think definitely, if you've got a family or if there's more than one of you in your house, then um, yeah, definitely a big box is is uh, is uh, an, a must. Um, what do you think things are going to look like when all this is over? When eventually we're all allowed out again? Because it is um, a worry. It is, yeah, it's a bit uncertain. And I know, you know, quite a lot of our small businesses are worried, um, you know, if um, they will still be here. And I really um, hope that they are, you know, a lot of these changes they're making, hopefully we'll see them um, stay through to the end of this, whenever the end of this is. Um, but uh, I think it's it's really important that we remember sort of, you know, what they've done for us during this time and when we do um, go back to normal life, whatever normal is, um, that we... Um, yeah, sort of show them appreciation and go back and use our small businesses um, as much as we can and remember, you know, how they were sort of delivering all these services for us and go and make the best of all their delicious food and eating to them. Um, Hugh and Rach, I don't know if you wanted to to jump in with any any big questions. Hugh, obviously, Hugh, you run, a, well, your your partner runs a local business. Um, how that's that's what if anybody was wondering that's what the doorbell that keeps going off on the uh, on the back of this podcast is it's uh. people going into huge, we have to we explain this every week just in case uh, yeah i keep getting startled every time i hear it <laughs> yes it's okay it's not it's not your front door with more cheese sadly imagine what it's like when you're trying to chill out on a saturday, saturday afternoon. <laughs> Did, does it trigger you you at all there we go yeah <laughs> bang on cue there indeed <laughs> Um, so how how's, you were going to ask me something about it, were you? Oh no, not really. I was just uh, no. I, I was just I don't know. I was just pointing out that you you had a had a uh, independent business yourself, but you can hear by the doorbell. Trade is brisk for you. Um, yeah. Have you? Is there an online shop for, for you here? Have you got one? No, um, no. We 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 do Facebook and communicate yeah. through Facebook and stuff like that. But um, to be honest. Um, the clientele of the shop is of a certain age, a lot of it. <laughs> and um, so um, 
they just you know it's the vast majority of trade is in within the village and um people are because i think people are thinking they're going to be stuck at home for quite a while so we're yeah. selling a lot of gardening stuff and a lot of um diy stuff as well so so that is definitely providing a good service to the people <laughs> of the village you may <laughs> Claire, where I was sort where I was sort of going, where I was kind of going with that was, and obviously these shops, as you mentioned, a lot have gone online, and and a lot are seeing huge, huge trade through that, and I think more than expected. Have you have you spoken to any of them? Have you heard from any of them about about that sort of online aspect to it? Um, so I do know that um, I think uh, a lot of the, the breweries in particular, I think, have seen huge demand over that first weekend, um, and you know were sort of amazed by the 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 amount of take up that they were getting for their online shops and deliveries um i think or i hope that this will sort of give them you know a good um uh, i guess incentives not the right word but um in, let them see that uh, you know people will really um take up an online delivery service i know i would definitely do beer delivery after this in the future so i hope that they continue with those um, and I think some of the other shops as well. So um, Geo Cafe in um, Caversham have started doing veg boxes. Um, and, you know, Caversham obviously is um, a community where I think that would be quite welcome in the future. So I think um, hopefully seeing that, um, these services, um, you know, people are taking them up quite a lot now means they'll continue them in the future, I think. Rachel, that's a good one for you. Claire, can I ask? Um, yes, it would be. Yeah, I didn't know they did that. Um uh, you, oh, well, yeah, they've, they've only just started doing it uh, the last week or just over a week. Um, but yeah, they're doing really big veg boxes mm -hmm. and they look brilliant. One of my friends got one um, last week and I saw a picture. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's really welcome. They are also doing bread and eggs um, uh, so you can get all your essentials in one go. Mm. Um, I was, can I ask Claire about more from like entertainment point of view because we've seen kind of on a big you know superstar level some performing artists doing stuff over um youtube and things i've seen elbow do some stuff and gary barlow has been doing <laughs> some um his crooner sessions yeah. um i just wonder like locally obviously everything is shut but are you aware of any local bands that are are doing something similar and could it be a good chance to promote their profiles oh yeah it's a good question i haven't heard anything from the local bands but i probably need to go and check that one out a little bit more in detail but i have definitely heard about it from uh, the wider cultural scene so i know that um uh rabble theater as they're now called used to be um reading between the lines um have moved to a lot of online um drama classes for what they're doing and they're also looking at trying to do some performances um online potentially and uh, the same at south street although nothing um has been confirmed yet they're looking at some um, online events that they'll be able to do so people can watch live um, I think uh, also comedy I've seen quite a few of our local comedy clubs um, and I think Stand and Deliver Rodri who's friend of the pod oh yes is also, <laughs> also looking at doing um, online comedy so I think there definitely are a number of events out there that people can um, tune in online to start watching but I think um, what I've seen or heard so far is that it's taken sort of a few weeks to plan how they're going to do that logistically um, but there are definitely plans for that to happen in the next sort of next few weeks or months however long this goes on for <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, just to just to round off, Claire, I just I thought I'd, I thought I'd ask. Um, I've seen a lot of it, a lot of this sort of question posted on on social media. Um, when this is all over, where's the first place locally you're going, and what are you what are you doing when you get there? Oh, that is a really good question. Um, you know what? It actually, it's um, an answer that's going to surprise myself, I think. Um, I'm going to go to my local pub, The Foresters, which just before this happened had had a makeover and oh, looks yes. absolutely beautiful now. Um, it was um, a really sort of traditional two-room yep. pub, one of the last ones in Reading, I think. Um, had a makeover. I only went uh, once just the week or so before this happened um so yeah i'll definitely be going back there to, to sort of check it out um and then after that i think definitely straight back to clay's because um <laughs> they say if i haven't been able to um uh work on delivery although i think that may be um still in the plans for the future but they're um seeing what they're able to do um but yeah i really miss uh really miss their food particularly their biryani so i'll be back for a biryani i saw you uh, i saw you posted on i think it was instagram the other day uh, you'd made a, a, a tried to make a curry from one of their recipes but without ginger and, and another ingredient how was that it was actually really good. I didn't realise you followed me on Instagram, Tom. It may not be Instagram. Um, <laughs> it might be. It might be Twitter. I'm not sure. There are so many. Um, uh, no, it was. I posted it on Instagram. It was actually one of the best uh, curries I've ever made at home. So I would recommend oh. people to go follow their. Um, they're putting them on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. I think um, in, uh, recipes that you can follow. They're usually five, six steps. Um, photos and written instructions. Um, and there's some processes in there that. Um, I would never have done normally, such as um, in the curry I made last night. Um, you um, sort of brown off your onions and tomatoes and then turn them into a paste that you then put back oh. into the curry, which I probably wow. wouldn't have bothered doing that before, but it made it really creamy. Um, so, yeah, definitely some tips that you can pick up on and do cooking from plants. Hugh, that's, uh, there's, there's one for you. Um, Hugh likes creating his, his curries, so... Uh... Oh, yeah, I would definitely uh, check them out, give them a follow. Hugh, I have got that right, haven't I? You do make curries yourself, don't you? Yes, I do, yes. Good. It just suddenly occurred to me, maybe it wasn't Hugh. I can't remember now. <laughs> it's been a long time since we lived together. so I made one uh, uh, on Friday, which was almost in- inedibly hot. <laughs> <laughs> I, really had to, I really had to dig deep to, to finish it <laughs> off. But, uh, um, yeah, it had Always to be have yoghurt on hand, just in case. Yes, I, I didn't have any yogurt, and it was a, a, a <laughs> devastating, uh, devastating mistake. But yeah, it, was quite, it was quite nice, but it was just yeah. Well, yeah, I don't mind it. I, I did that with a, with a chili the other day, and I worked out because I thought sometimes you can put um, dark chocolate in a chili, but I didn't have any, so I put a big teaspoon of sugar in it, and it took the heat down. Oh, oh interesting. Oh. Yeah of experimenting with whatever's in the cupboard vinegar as well apparently does that oh okay all oh, right and potatoes you know, i've never heard of that um that clay's restaurant until about a month ago and I, it just oh. yeah you've been missing out I'm Rachel. About it everywhere <laughs> now yeah it's oh, yeah it's it's like it. <laughs> is that is it in London Street? Is that the one? That's, is it that's right, yeah. It's at the bottom end of London Street near Two Great Expectations. Oh, okay. Oh, worth... Uh, I, I, I haven't been right. either. That's I, going on my list. Oh, you have to go and check it out, yeah. Uh, first thing to do when, when we're allowed to go back out into the world and resurface <laughs> <laughs> straight to Clay's. Claire, thanks very much for uh, for coming on. Um, will you just have you got time to stay with us just to just to round things off? I thought we might include you in the random question this week. Oh, sure. The random question. 
So, random question time. I have the mug. Um, there are some questions in here. We'll see what comes out. Uh, okay. Pick a good one. I'll try to. I can't remember what I wrote on them. <laughs> okay. Uh, you won't be able to see this. Uh, this week's random question is, what is your favourite colour and why? <laughs> colour? Yes. What on earth? <laughs> well, it's not a thing I ask Zachary. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it occurred to me that people have favourite colours and I, I just wanted to know why. That's all. I'll tell you mine. Mine is uh, orange and it's because I really like orange opal fruits. Oh. That's why. Okay. So. Okay. Um, I guess uh, I can go. Can. <laughs> um, my, my, my personal favourite colour is blue. Um, coincidentally, the Explore Reading logo colours are also blue. Um, they were, the, the main reason, actually, though, for choosing it as blue uh, for Explore Reading wasn't just because it was my favourite colour. Um, it's because of the uh, football kit being blue okay. as well. Yeah, thought I'd tie that in. So it sort of all came together <laughs> nicely, even though it wasn't entirely planned. <laughs> uh, Rachel Hugh? Oh, it depends on my mood, really. It fluctuates between purple and yellow. Okay, if why? I'm needing, like, feeling like I need, well, yellow, if, if I feel quite bright or, yeah, just want to be a bit more stand out, I suppose. I have got a very cool yellow T-shirt with dinosaurs on that, um, <laughs> that I like to wear, which does look like I have just overstretched one of Zachary's, to be honest, but <laughs> I like it. Um, purple, I've always worn purple. That probably goes back to my kind of hippie-ish days in, um, in my teens where I wore a lot of purple trousers and tie-dye. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh? Um, I don't really know. Um, oh, come on, uh, you must have one colour that is your favourite out of all of them. All of the colours. It's, pro it's probably blue. Okay. Um, I like I like blue. Um, brown. <laughs> brown. Beige. Nice bit of beige. Yeah. Oh, I like my favourite car is a beige Volvo. That's... Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just uh, Reading FC, Reading FC, FC football club playing blue, blue and white. And, um... Massive cop out. Oh, I think so we have the same reasons. <laughs> Funny that. It was a. It's a terrible question. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but no, not even slightly. Um, anyway, things are of co have colours in Reading. <laughs> yes, you know. There we go. Okay, uh, that was this week's random question. Rather useless, but, uh, you know, what, what can you do, eh? You can only read what is picked out of the mug, is all I will say. And since none of you two are coming up with any random questions, none of you two are coming it's up with the, questions. It's the mug's fault. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the Harry Potter sorting hat. There's nothing I can do. Right. It um, doesn't matter that you wrote them and put them in. <laughs> no, not at all. Anyway, um, okay, moving on. It's now time for our shout-outs for positive news, and we have three. 
this week. Um, they, they always seem to be the same people, which you know I'm fine with. But if anybody else wants to get involved and get your name read out on a middling level podcast in Reading, then please do respond to our uh, shout outs. So first up, friend of the pod, Steve Lutwich. Every week, Steve, he's he's so keen. He's so keen. He says, my five-year-old spent ages making a love heart for mum in the garden out of every spare item he could find to thank her for all the time she's spending teaching him. It's really sweet, but he also refuses to move it from where we play football, so it's hampering my plans for him to become the next Lionel Messi. Which is, you know, both (laughs) sweet and... Oh, you know. Ruthlessly (laughs) ambitious. Yes. He did put a picture on that, didn't he? It was was quite sweet. Um, Paul Smithson says, I'm going through Empire Magazine's films of the last decade. There is only a hundred of them. Um, If I I follow Paul on Facebook, and I think he's up to number 97, which I think was The Godfather Part 3, but I can't remember completely off the top of my head. That's three and a half hours long. Something like that, yes. (laughs) I mean, it's not like he doesn't have the time. True, yeah. Um, Hugh, you'll be pleased with this one. Linda Fort, second mention on the pod. Uh, As a lover of local government, I've been watching old episodes of Parks and Recreation. The vision of Ron Swanson trying to eat a banana made me me howl with laughter yesterday. Uh, It was almost as funny as Sheldon Cooper in the ball pit, one of the finest moments in comedy. Which I think she's put there to troll people, but it is a funny moment. (laughs) I don't know if it's the finest. (laughs) Um, And I'll just finish on 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 a really good one. Um, Paul Etherington says best march since solar energy in Sonning. Sorry, best march, best march since. For, I can't read this. Hang on. Best march it'll for solar up, energy in Sonning <laughs> since panels installed in 2011. <laughs> oh, did you just knock stuff over? Who was that? Was that you, Rach? I, no, I just I shifted in my chair. Oh. I didn't knock anything over. Oh, okay. Uh, That's <laughs> just my great bulk moving around. <laughs> Sounded Sorry like your house that. was falling down. Um, so, yes, yeah, so the essence of that one from Paul was that it is the best march uh, for solar energy in Sonning since panels were installed in 2011, which is great news. Good Isn't news. that positive? I'd like to add one Go on. as well. Um, I have written a story that is going on to get ready uh, to bash live. Sorry. <laughs> uh, later today, so tomorrow it will be on there on Friday. I think it's Friday tomorrow, isn't it? Yes. Who, who knows? Day 15. Uh, little girl who wrote a letter to the NHS um, saying how great they are and how much she appreciates the work they're doing. She's six. It's in her window and it will soon be on Berkshire Live. And it is beautifully written and spelt as well. So her handwriting is better than my handwriting (laughs) without any shadow of a doubt. Well, that is our positive news for this week. Uh, If you would like to send us some positive news, please do. Here is Jeremy with How You Can. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, don't forget, if you know someone we should be speaking to on the show, please do get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. If you have a moment, please give us a rating on your podcast app and if you have time, submit a review. We'll be back next week. I think we're going to try and do a special on something which Hugh is going to reveal to us uh, later in the week. We're going to try and do one of these Reading specials that we do. Um, if you've not listened to our Driving Test Centre special, uh, that is that is the gold star that we aim to uh, we aim to hit. So we're going to go back and do a special. Uh, in the meantime, um, Claire, thank you for joining us. Uh, I assume you're still here. 
I there she is. So, the, the way that my phone works, it shows me and whoever's talking. I can't see everybody else on the list. So, Claire, thank you for joining us today. Hugh, thank you for taking time out of your busy, busy schedule to, uh, Can to you join. See my fl- I've just been given a flower. Can everyone see? Aww. It's, Aww, sweet. It's a sort of pinky flower, which is none of our favourite colours. <laughs> And Rach, thank you for joining us today, uh, for taking time out of your busy family family life. It's all right. Uh, we will see you all next week. Bye. 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 You're listening to the Real Reading Podcast.